very special episode of Pipcast, live from Sheffield Hallam. We're at the inaugural ODP conference being held by Sheffield Hallam University. Um, I'm standing in what is called the heart of the campus uh, building. We've got stalls set up to our left, people are signing in. We've got students and uh, teachers alike uh, mingling from the university. Bit of history about Sheffield Hallam, did a bit of research on my way here, um, mostly Wikipedia. Uh, so Sheffield Hallam is an ex-polytechnic, uh, used to be called Sheffield Polytechnic. Uh, it was founded in 1843 and got university status in 1992. The Chancellor is Robert Winston, Lord Lord Winston, uh, Doctor Giant Moustache Glasses, uh, is on BBC quite a lot, uh, did famously those uh, programmes where they followed the lives of children growing up. Um, I think they're now, those children are now about 18, 18, 19. Notable alumni from uh, at Sheffield Hallam University. We've got Sean Bean from Game of Thrones fame. Uh, obviously, Dame Kelly Holmes, famous for being from Sheffield and and and, so, and really promoting Sheffield as a as a as a brand for the Olympics, really. Um, and Nick Park. Uh, so listeners from Bristol, again uh, at the Children's Hospital, will be very fond of Nick Park and Ardman and all the work that uh, the Wallace and Gromit appeal do down there. And they're just some of the noted alumni, as well as all of, obviously, the ODPs that are going to come here um, and graduate from this, this university. Talking about the ODP course here, they run a, uh, a bachelor's degree course here, a three-year course. Uh, typical entry for those people who are looking to come into the profession. Uh, five GCSEs of a minimum C or the new grade four, which I think is the new grading system that GCSEs are going under now, plus either uh, 112 UCAS points from 2A levels and access to a higher education diploma or a degree or other studies that would be equivalent to that. Um, having a look at the course, uh, there's not much depth into the modules themselves, but I've got a list of the modules here. So as you'd expect, we've got anaesthetic and surgical practice levels one, two, and three. Uh, clinical educations levels one and two. Applied science and fundamentals, obviously key to laying any foundation for an ODP course. And something I've always wondered uh, about ODP courses as they're going on to three-year courses, what are we adding? What's the extra element that we are putting into that third level? Sheffield Hallam have got uh, two that stood out for me, two, two modules. One is leadership and education, and the other one is writing for publication. And that is all about the development of us ODPs, I imagine, um, into those more advanced roles where we will have to take leadership of certain scenarios or if we want to be um, advanced clinical practitioners about us teaching the next generation um, and in terms of writing for publication about us getting involved with research and actually changing clinical practice uh, through the research that we do. So that's a brief introduction of the university and me being here. Obviously you, you might be able to hear everyone sort of mingling about. I'll be updating throughout the day trying to get chats with a few people so i'll update you throughout the day and uh yeah talk to you soon hi 
Hi guys, so I've got my welcome pack here. Uh, front cover, we've got uh, Welcome to the Inaugural ODP Conference. Uh, the title of this is Advancing the ODP Profession, uh, which we kind of went through on our preview of the event. What I love to see is that Sheffield Hallaman University, uh, it's from the Department of Allied Health Professionals, because that is where we are now. We are now Allied Health Professionals, so that's fantastic to see. We've got a copy of the program, obviously, if we went, we went through that on... Uh, on episode three of uh, of Pipcast, please refer to episode three if you want to hear more about what we were looking forward to and se uh, myself and Justin. Thank you to the ODP team, the organisers, uh, Helen Lowe's, Victoria Cadman, Ian Bazinski. I've probably got that wrong. I apologise. And the students uh, who are Lindsay McNulty, Sally Wales, Becky Harrison, Emily Crinson, Paula Gibson, and Lucy Bow. So, uh, well done to them for organising this event. This is not easy to do, and not even you know everyone who's even organised a sim session knows that trying to do something even on a minor scale it can be quite difficult. So, getting you know ODPs from around the country to come and attend an event is is fantastic. We've got a map of the campus. So we've got here, we've got a lecture theatre, we've got the workshop rooms that will be going on, stands and the marketplace, uh, which is if you've been to any conferences before, there are, there are stands where uh, people are promoting their product or perhaps their departments that they're trying to employ people from. It's a fantastic way to sort of make connections and, and network uh, and for the young ODPs to kind of uh, look and see what's out there in terms of uh, jobs and development. We've also got, I've, I know I've just spoken about the, um, the degree course, but we've got uh, as part of the theme, a uh, advertisement for a top-up course, uh, course description here. It is essentially the third year that I was talking about on the regular BSc course that Sheffield Hallam University do. You've got your anaesthetic and surgical practice level three, enhanced perioperative practice, leadership and education, and writing for publication. So anyone who's interested in topping up their degree and probably in either live around the area, uh, definitely contact Sheffield Hallam University. They've obviously got uh, everything in place here to provide you with a fantastic third year to top up your degree. And here we are, description of the modules themselves. So the leadership and education is, as I said, uh, to explore mentorship, leadership theory, prepare you for being an effective mentor and leader in the contemporary healthcare practice. Um, we've also got enhanced perioperative care. Um, well, this is... Perioperative care, I suppose, perioperative medicine is a very new area of uh, medicine that we've that is developing currently in in the NHS and and in healthcare in general. And this is, uh, as it says here, the module is designed to provide you with an opportunity to apply enhanced practical skills in the field of perioperative care. Um, you'll learn about, develop, apply enhanced perioperative skills related to specialty of critical care, surgery, anaesthetics, recovery, which allow you. Uh, to deliver safe and efficient care to patients with complex needs. Uh, you'll gain experience in planning and critically reviewing the role of enhanced practice uh, and use evidence to competently deliver care to patients with complex perioperative and critical care needs. It's all that, uh, I suppose, in that respect, it's about optimizing those patients' comorbidities such as diabetes, uh, asthma, COPD. And then we've got the writing for publication, um, which is, uh, helps, is designed to, uh, to develop academic writing skills. And essentially, it's, it's to help us develop, when we want to develop our research skills or we want to do a bit of research if we finally get that thing we're passionate about. This module will uh, help us uh, be able to search for, retrieve, analyze contemporary published evidence and evaluate their worth for practice. And you'll be able to produce an article intended for publication. Fantastic. I think the three pillars of uh, healthcare for me are education, research and clinical excellence. Um, as ODPs, we tend to lean on the side of clinical excellence uh, and I suppose in that respect research as mentors uh, but research is somewhere where I, I think we probably don't do 
as much, or at least we don't know that we do a lot about it. Um, that's part of what Pipcast is here to kind of uncover, uh, and part of what this conference that I'm at is trying to promote. And lastly here, we've got the professional career framework for the ODP profession and perioperative practitioners. This is developed by Helen Lowe's and it's got a, a gender for change band guide based on what we might do and the four areas here. So I talked about um, my three pillars, but obviously Helen's added a fourth and that's so clinical practice, research, education and leadership. So there are oh, sorry, eight levels for gender for change and seven academic levels. And if you look at, say, an education stream, you go from a mentor to a clinical educator, senior educator, principal educator um, for clinical practice. We've got uh, from HCA all the way to advanced senior specialist and then a consultant ODP uh, research. You start quite high, obviously research requires sort of that extra level five sort of education um, where you become a research uh, practitioner, a research fellow, and then a reader. And then in terms of your leadership, you've got your senior ODP, uh, your regular ODP from senior ODP all the way through to department manager. Um, so that's a fantastic insight to a talk that I'm really looking forward to. It's one I'm going to be attending later on today. I'll also try and get feedback from the other talks that are here. As I said, I will keep updating you throughout the day with interviews, hopefully from people who are brave enough to kind of come up to a man who's holding a, uh, a giant iPhone with a, with a foam bubble at the end of it. Uh, but we'll see as the day goes on. I've managed to accost uh, two of the delegates at the conference. Uh, one of our old pals, Sally Gilbert's here. She's been, on the <laughs> He's been on the show before. And Jane Ayres, who we met in one of our workshops. How have you guys found the conference so far? I've really enjoyed it so far. Good. Yeah, it has. It's been really good. It's nice just to, like, minded people getting together. Yeah, it's nice to see all the students, I think. There's a, lot yes. of, there's a big student element here. It's quite nice to see the future. Yep. as it were. Um, do you have a favourite talk or workshop or, or anything so far? The, uh, the health, human factors. Tool, human factors, human factors, yes. Because um, I think Joe and I have picked up some ideas of things we'd like to do back in our trust. Okay. Because we're very good at learning from incidents, yep. but we're thinking about if we're given enough time to work with staff before incidents occur and try and get them to sort of consciously think about what they're doing yeah. rather than just going through the motions of being in theatre every day. Yeah, because her talk focused on instead of just seeing a Datex and uh, thinking about when a patient's been harmed, how we stop that from the future, mm. actually identifying when something's just not working yeah. to prevent yeah. that from ever happening in yeah. the first place. And what, what other talks did you guys go to? I went to that one. I went to the uh, development framework, right. which is really interesting. Oh, was it? Yeah, really, really interesting. A really good idea, I thought. So Helen has put, has put this forward. This you, We've got it in our packs. That kind of thing of, essentially, you have got a, a senior ODP has got a set band. So if you are a senior ODP, you will be a band six. And if you've got those skills, you have to be a senior ODP and have to be a band six. Otherwise, really? you don't do them. Yeah. And instead of having your... This is why I took from it anyway. Instead of having your physician's assistant 
or a surgical care practitioner, you'll be a specialist ODP in surgical care or a specialist ODP in anaesthetics. So essentially it means you keep the ODP part of your title, you'll be able to be registered as in the HCPC as an ODP with advanced skills as opposed to having to because I think you have to currently cancel your registration with an ODP and become a surgical care practitioner, I think. Or you have to be dual... or you have to be still carrying out any of the bowl. Yeah, or you have to be dual joint. So, and then yeah. so that's the clinical side and then about the, you know, promoting the research side of it, leadership, you know, putting ODPs as maybe eventually being executive directors. You're talking about millionaires. Well, yeah, I've been <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we've got ODPs in... in Sort of quite senior positions in our trust, which is yeah. good, and they've just advertised for a new theatre matron because ours is retiring, and that's that's advertised for a nurse or an ODP to apply yeah. for. That's brilliant. So that's really good. Our trust yeah. is quite forward thinking. Yeah, it's, it's, I think they are. But, um, but I think to be able to keep ODP in the title would be. Yeah, I think that's it. Try and be a united profession would be quite. Quite good. You went to the... I've just been to the AFBP setting standards. Oh, uh, yeah. How was that? Yeah, it was good. That's something I'm going to go home and try and see. I don't know who's doing it in my trust at all, <laughs> so I'd be quite interested. I'd quite yeah. like to be involved in that, I think, if yeah. it is. I've, I've not even heard... Obviously, I've heard of the setting standards thing, but I've not, I didn't yeah. realise it was, had to be in a local... You know, in each local right, right, okay. individual, and so I'm looking forward to and is that all based on their, their, their framework, their... their big yes. chunky booklet of yeah, where it yes. says exactly what temperature should be and humidity yeah, yeah, and staffing yeah. levels and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. So that was good. It's a pity, I think we're a bit behind so they've been reduced a bit. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what happened. But, yeah. that, but you know what? I think it's been, they've done really well. Yeah. For, for yeah. Well, it's the first time they've done this. Yeah, so it, absolutely. You know, and I think the amount of people that are here and it's, there is a quite a nice sort of buzz around it all. It's a really so nice vibe. Yeah. 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 And, and again, I think... Because we were just saying that there can be quite limited opportunities for people to do anything as ODPs, and if you get the chance to come to something like this... Absolutely. Uh, and it's... I mean, I don't know about you, but we've, we've paid ourselves to come here. We've been given a study day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, if, if you can... <laughs> if they can sort of keep the price manageable and people are given time off, then it's a really good opportunity if it happens in the mm. future for other people to come. Absolutely, I think. I certainly encourage people to from our trust, so... Yeah. You do get that with certain conferences. You see them and, you know, they're hundreds and hundreds oh, of pounds. Yeah. You know, my wife goes to some and... But, but at the same time, she's got a study budget that allows, that kind of covers at least a part of that. So it would be interesting to see if we get the leadership that says, actually, we really want you to progress. It would be really good for us as a department if you go and learn things like setting standards. So go, we'll pay at least part of it, we'll pay for half of it, or we'll pay whatever. Uh, we'll give you the time off so you don't have to make up the time yeah. and, 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 yeah. and things like that. But like you said, even having a study day as opposed to taking your day off. Well, we just had a team from work who's just been up to Poland. So they went Monday night till Thursday night. Yeah. Um, and it was something to do with heart valve surgery. Yeah. And there was an anaesthetist, um, a scrub nurse, a perfusionist, a registrar, a surgical registrar, and a consultant surgeon. And I did kind of say, where's the anaesthetic ODP? And it was like, why would we need one? So the whole team went, except the ODP, because why would you need one? Yeah. And it just said that. So the whole thing about develop, sort that out. developing a service, mm. you know, 
Because even in that respect, should you have healthcare's involved? Because they might Ooh. be involved in terms of the logistics of how you set up a theatre, yeah. ideas about you know where you're where you're placing machines and stuff. That, you know, and, and sometimes that fresh pair of eyes yeah. when you're focused on airway, 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 yeah. or, or, or things and stuff. They're they're able to see. Seeing as they run around and usually trip up on most of the stuff that we lay out, they'll probably have a better yeah. idea of. Yeah. Yeah. I know one of our healthcare's brought brought in the. Um, cable tape so it's essentially uh, you've got loads of cables particularly in neuro theatres and um, they found this company that does this tape it's, I think I think it's used in um, like television and stuff but you just tape it over the cables right and because it's wide enough and that's it no more trip hazards and it's big bright and orange trip stop trip stop there we are yeah see trip stop wow yeah trip stop uh, yeah so um, you know it's a fantastic development Revolutionised our falling count. Yeah, So, like I said, that bringing those whole teams to, to go and do things. Yeah. It's kind of what these conferences are, are for, kind of identifying. So, what are you guys going to see in the afternoon? Do you know? Simulation. Simulation. And simulation. Apprenticeships. That's it. Ah. Yes. Yes. Same as you guys. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're going to see the simulation. I can't remember the other one. I was going to go and see. But yeah, simulation looks yeah. quite good. The apprenticeship is a really interesting idea. When Hannah, yeah. when Hannah mentioned yeah. it, I, I thought, I wondered if it was going to go down the same route as the perioperative assistant practitioners. Is that the band three. The band threes yeah. or fours, depending yeah. on where you were. It yeah. sounds like it's band just going to be uh, an, an apprentice, non, I suppose, non-university or non, yeah. non-higher education route, or, or or just a staged route. That's what I was saying. Started talking about apprentices coming in, and I went to a, a talk about it. And they were talking about them being our healthcare assistants, yeah. who obviously have to have the right academic level of ability yeah. to start with. But then the apprenticeship levy would pay for them to go to uni and do the ODP right. training. That's how it was put so to it, us. So it's kind of getting but, around that funding issue for yeah, particularly because yeah. for mature students, I know a lot of uh, yeah. colleagues and NAs that were looking at the course as soon as they stop the bursaries and the funding and it, and then it went to degree as well all of a sudden you've got three years of yeah it would have we do have quite a few comments now on trust oh do you hi guys so that was uh, sally and jane um unfortunately I, my microphone software cut them off um during the middle of that chat there i did give them some really pipcast badges though to thank them for their their willingness to talk to me on microphone so thank you very much to Sally and Jane for that um, what we were talking about there is we were just finished our workshops after the first round of talks so let me just go to that first round of talks so we were introduced by the, one of the organizers who was Helen Lowe's who gave a really impassioned uh, introduction uh, welcome uh, and just talked about the the purpose of the day which was advancing the ODP profession uh, and finished off with a really nice comment which I thought which was together that we can drive the, the profession forwards because this is going to take a group effort by all 13,000 ODPs to kind of drive our profession forward. We then had a talk by uh, Hannah Abbott who is the uh, president, the new president of the College of Operating Department Practitioners. I thought she gave a really impassioned talk. Um, it was really positive. Uh, I know some people have their issues with the CODP uh, but for me uh, it showed that uh, it is going in the right direction. She some very good views about where she wants the, the, the college and the profession to go forwards. Uh, and talked about things about ODPs doing research um, and introduced this idea about uh, ODP apprenticeships. They look very interesting. 
uh, from the, the the brief sort of slide we got on it. It, it looks like it will allow um, a longer educational time frame instead of the, the BSc, so it will take you know five or six years. Uh, but you'll have apprentices and your university BSc students will be working alongside each other, which would be fantastic for our mature students or students that would find maybe funding for university or even sometimes maybe uh, getting those academic qualifications to get into university a bit difficult. Um, so yeah, I have to say, very, very good talk from Hannah, very, very positive. It made me very feel very positive about where the profession is going forward. Uh, in terms of the talks we went to, I went to the Human Factors Workshop. Again, very good. It was all about how do we monitor those systems or, or, or how do we monitor the likelihood that you know systems will cause failure or, or what monitoring types are we using? Is it just Datex? Because it can't be just Datex. Uh, it's, it's, Datex isn't enough. And from that provided a, a framework from which we could work towards uh, reducing human factors uh, in our practice and in our departments. I then went to the curriculum development framework talk by Hannah Lowe's that I talked about in the introduction. Now this is a, a piece of work that Helen has been producing for a while. I think it could be a, a real game changer for us as ODPs um, in terms of uniting the profession, uh, helping develop the profession but as a, as a singular profession rather than us sort of uh, splitting our names and stuff we will be ODP specialists or ODP lecturers and, and, and we'll be managers with ODP in our title. It's so good that I want to get Helen on the show we're going to do a special special pipcast around this development framework talk to a few people in the roles that would potentially then change to uh, ODP specialist roles um, and try and get some information for people who maybe want to develop their ODP careers either within the theatre setting or outside of the theatre setting, uh, so it'd be good to get her on the show, and we'll do a we'll do a big Pipcast episode on that. Uh, I'm now going to talk about the talk by Sheila Morris because after that we went back in and had a talk by Sheila Morris, who's the, the deputy chief allied health professional officer. It was a fantastic talk in so far as it felt like we had somewhat come home. We were there included with the list of the other allied health professionals it really made us feel like we were part of this much bigger group she was very positive about odp's been brought in the fold and allied health professionals uh leading change um and being involved in you know development uh and research and, and leading change within the nhs one thing that was brought up by hannah and sheila was this AHPs into action. There is a paper that we have linked to on um, Twitter during the talk, um, but we will put that link into the description of this podcast as well. And there was a bit more on the uh, patient group directives uh, and where we are. and And she had a talk about you know the, how long that process takes, and and it is a long process. There was a, there was a whole slide, and it's a it's a hell of a lot of work um, to be done. It's just a good thing that it is getting done uh, for us as a profession. Uh, and the last thing uh, from Sheila was that there is a working group to be set up by the CODP for allied health professionals. And uh, Hannah was very positive on uh, that she wants people to get in contact with the COPD if they would want to get involved. From Hannah's point of view, she wants to be very inclusive. You can join the COPD on a project or you can be a member. It does not matter. She wants ODPs involved in developing us as a profession. Um, so great talks by Sheila and Hannah. They were then joined on stage for a panel of which I myself was part of. Uh, I'm going to play the section of the panel now. Uh, I have to apologize for the quality of the sound. I may cut long pauses out or, or bits that maybe uh, aren't 
quite distinguishable as sound um but bear with it does get better um but i really think that you know the questions and answers that were given on there were things that you guys would want to hear um as the odp world so i'm going to play the, the panel now and i'll chat to you afterwards this is So save me changing the sound levels, guys. Uh, I'm just going to say some of the questions if they're not quite audible. Uh, so the first question we had was how we can get involved at the local level in terms of a- raising our awareness of the allied health professionals and us as ODPs. And that question was directed to Sheila Morris. Right. there, um, It does vary at the moment, but I know that Joe Fillingham at, at um, NHS Improvement is leading on some work to develop um, more robust, if you like, AHP networks locally. Um, and is gathering names onto a database so that she can put people in touch with each other. But there may be um, local AHP networks that I think you you need to um, try and get in touch with um, wherever you are in order to say, well, we're now part of the um, AHP community. Can we join the um, can we join the network? I think that's a, that would be a really good way of uh, one raising your profile with the other professions but also um, identifying sometimes where there might be joint work that could be done because you've got common issues locally. Can I also direct that to Hannah as well in terms of the CODP and because one of my questions was going to be um, about promoting the profession and how you know there, there are probably people that want to do things after hearing what you've talked about today um, and and how do they go about doing that? You know, we don't want them to leave today with those ideas and then not have anywhere to place them. So, I think there's a lot of different ways. I think within most trusts there and most hospitals, there's an AHP lead, and there's a lot of AHP groups that those leads run. And whether that's a forum that maybe meets once every couple of months. When we were at the conference a couple of weeks ago, there were lots of trust AHP leads who came up to Bill and I on the CODP stand who were really keen to engage ODPs, mm. really looking forward to trying to work with them. So I think sometimes it's going to them first. So rather than waiting for somebody to come to theatre and say, I'm your AHP lead, I think there's a real value in finding out who that person is, asking if they can come along to a team meeting or an audit afternoon or something in theatres, and actually making contact mm. with them and other leads in other professions. <coughs> You know, we d- a lot of the things Sheila's talking about in AHP's interaction isn't going to be ODPs working on their own. So I think making those links with other professions now through those AHP leads within your own local environments will make a big difference. So announced at the start and throughout the day, they had uh, a Padlet, which was like this uh, kind of this online post-it note that people could put questions or ideas on that was going to then be discussed at the uh, panel section. Helen then went through some items on the padlet that then led to further discussion so take a listen this is fantastic by the way you've engaged with this in, in a great way there's some great ideas on there um, so I do have a few questions um, so one of my things certainly and, and something that is, has been discussed uh, in my workshop for those that came to it was about uniting the profession and how we do that um, with lots of different people um, doing lots of innovative ideas um, all over the all over the place, social media, uh, in their own practice. 
How, how can you possibly offer some advice on how maybe other AHPs have united together or whether we're quite unique in our situation? Um, I think we, we all think we are unique. Um, I do as an OT. Um, but um, because of the time I've been working with AHPs, there are often a lot of similarities. And I think it's about this engagement that we've been talking about, that you actually then, it's both contributing to what's already being done, but with the ODP perspective, um, but also taking away some, um, perhaps some new perspectives that you might want then to explore in your ODP team and then take back into the AHP um, um, arena. Um, I think, just to give you an example, from it's actually from the osteopaths. Um, they have developed some really good um, information systems because of the way they've developed. Um, and they've got a lot about outcomes on theirs. So we're going to dip into that when we do some work on the outcomes. And they're very happy for us to to look at that. Now, it won't be the same outcomes, but maybe we can learn something about how they've gone about developing that in a sustainable way. So I think it's, it's that. And whether there's, um, there's new partnerships across AHPs that might need to be um, thought through that might mean it's a new way of delivering services out there um, closer to home, in the community, in primary care. We don't know. Um, this, is, this is where the opportunity arises for us to think differently about how we might deliver services in the future. Brian, as a PAA, there aren't that many in the country no. coming together related to society. You know, how, how have you networked in that way? Um, you're right, the numbers are very small. I think it's about approximately 170 of us at the moment, so a, a tiny fraction of the anaesthetic workforce. Um, so it started with a, an association which has been founded for a number of years now, and that is quite active with the Royal College of Anaesthetists, the Association of Anaesthetists of Great Britain and Ireland. Um, and I think we'd like to sort of reach out more to ODPs, is a, is a very obvious one. I think it's sort of a 50-50 of, of PAAs. Um, from an ODP stroke clinical background to uh, biomedical sciences. Um, but it's, it's just been about um, what was talked about this morning about sort of gathering evidence and uh, sort of all profession forward. I'm finding this now as a, as a PAA because because we're so tiny in numbers and we're dotted around the country, what uh, I've found more so than ever is that actually no one's going to do this for us. No one's going to take the pin and drag it through its sort of professional registration. So it's down to us now to, to do the audits, to do the research, to get the evidence. There's lots of help out there. Um, so it's about you as a group, I think, collaborating a lot more and talking to each other a lot in a formal structure uh, through the college, for example, but actually other colleges that are out there. I see a lot of um, crossover. Your skill set is very transferable into other lines of work. Um, I mean, there was a slide earlier about sort of management of airways uh, in, in people at home. That's what you do. That's, that's one of the things that separates you from anyone else in theatre is that airway management. So I think it's just about sort of being savvy, keeping your eyes open, thinking what can I take, and then sort of building this communication forward, if that answers your question. Craig, do you have anything to add in terms of um, social media? Because 
obviously that's where... Yeah, so we, so what I found is that the reason PIPcast exists is it's not because there's nothing being done by the people in charge of our profession or, or our leaders or anything like that. It's generally that we don't know, and it's because, unfortunately, healthcare is one of those industries here, whether it's because it's publicly owned or what, that is very much being dragged into the 21st century in terms of social media. When social media first came out, we all had policies that said there is no way you can never, ever be on social media whatsoever. Now every hospital's got a Twitter account, so, you know, what's going on there? Um, so we kind of knew that there were fantastic things going on, um, and we thought, we need to get it out there. Uh, and I had a friend who'd done a podcast, it's essentially a, a, a Mac and a microphone, and you can kind of do what you want. Um, and we thought, we'll get a few episodes out. And we found that there's so much going on in the ODP world. You know, we have barely scratched the surface, and we've got people who are um, doing things in simulation, who are creating apps, creating logbooks, all this stuff. And it's all about, for me, communication. CODP have been doing wonders. AFPP have been doing a lot. But we were saying that they're doing so much that actually focusing on telling people what they're doing is... is is the difficult part. Um, all of these, you know, CPD for ODP and the society all came out of that kind of frustration that people wanted ownership and to feel like they were part of a group that was together um, and that they were all working towards something. And it, it, for me, it felt like that they weren't part of that group. It's just that they weren't being told what's, what's going on. Going to something like this is fantastic. I feel like part of this group that is having these um, PGDs and, and, and now part of the allied health professionals, um, you know, I'm going back to my trust and I'm going to be contacting my AHP officer and saying, here I am, what can I do? Um, just from this alone. So events like this are also really helpful for that community linking, aspect. Linking to We AHPs? Yes, yes. So, yeah, We AHPs. So if you don't know what We AHPs is, it's... Um, <laughs> They, there's a we nurses as well. They do uh, weekly discussions on Twitter. You follow a hashtag, there'll be a, a, usually a topic of the week. Or, um, mm. uh, and it's fantastic. Um, there was an attempt to get a we ODPs. Um, but again, it kind of fell by the lay-by because everyone's got work and commitments and stuff. So, um, But we HPs, we can now be a part of. Yeah, maybe one of the weekly discussions will yeah. be around ODPs. Absolutely. Yeah, or an issue that you want <coughs> to raise. Yeah. I don't know as a profession whether we are in quite a unique position with having a CODP and the AFPP because they're very similar in some respects um, and I think some people do get a little bit confused about who's our professional body, who isn't. Hannah, just before you go, can I just ask you your thoughts and comments on that and um, you know, to, certainly to well, the delegates but the students as well because they're a little bit unsure of of where they should be placed or where they shouldn't and you know we don't want it to be a competition but um, which from my perspective we should explore all the opportunities that are there from both, both those bodies. And I think what I can say here partly around the college is we set ourselves a very very clear remit that we are a professional body for ODPs and by ODPs. That is our all of our professional council are registered ODPs. We absolutely welcome other professions on our working parties, but all of our professional council, all of our president, vice president, will always be ODPs. And within that, we see our role around setting the curriculum for ODPs and driving the ODP profession forward. 
However, that's not to say that we don't work with other related bodies. So Tracy is here from AFPP and will say that we work very closely together. <coughs> we do some of that under the Perioperative Care Collaborative. But equally, when we did the Obstetric Concordat, we worked with Royal College of Midwives. So please don't ever think that there's a case of we never work together. We do, and we have a really open channel of communi communication. So AFPP might get in touch and say, we're thinking of doing this project. Are you doing anything similar for ODPs? And we may say, not at all. Can we support you? Equally, we might say, well, actually, we're halfway. We've pretty much done that with a really specific ODP focus. And that's fine, too. So we do work collaboratively when appropriate. We also do communicate with each other. We attend functions. You know, AFPP are invited to our symposium. We attend their conferences. So it is a, an effective um, sharing of information because fundamentally, as I say, we're very much here for the profession, but also the patient as well. And I'm going to AFPP conference in the beginning of August, um, and I'll be saying exactly the same. I think that can be challenging, and I think sometimes ODPs work in so many diverse areas that it can be difficult as an individual of where you align yourself to. I'm very clear that I'm an ODP. I'm also an associate prof, so do I identify myself as an academic? Do I identify myself as an ODP? Do I identify, well, actually a bit of all of those, to be honest. But fundamentally, for me, I'm very much an ODP. I think some of our profession don't always do that. So some people say, oh, I'm a, I work in ITU as a practitioner, or, well, I work, I'm a theatre practitioner. A lot of people aren't very comfortable about saying, I am an ODP. Not because they don't want to, but as Helen said earlier, it's easier than explaining what it is to those who don't know. And I think if we want to create community, we've got to be putting ourselves out there consistently and say, I am an ODP because then we link with other people that are also ODPs, and we start to create that strength of community. So that kind of sense of community. So as a profession, we should identify as ODPs, and there's plenty out there, particularly in social media, kind of our individual interests. So in terms of social media, um, if any of you are on Twitter, there's a, a SMAP conference, which stands for Social Media and Critical Care. That's the <coughs> biggest attended international conference in the world. It happened last week in Berlin. They had a lot and uh, an extraction from a car live on stage. Um, that was done through nobody. That was that was no professional body did that. That was a group of like-minded people from around the world that thought, wouldn't it be really cool if we could set fire to a car on stage and get someone out of it using various teaching tools, and they did it. So we so having a body that kind of does that doesn't necessarily. The body shouldn't have to say that we're going to provide all this sort of one-stop stuff for us. <laughs> what they should be there, like um, um, Hannah's saying, is that unifying thing. It, it should be that actually when we go to those other conferences, they say, who are you? say, I'm an ODP. And everyone, instead of going, what's an ODP? They go, brilliant, an ODP. You'd really be interested in this. Yeah, it's not or, just providing those. Um, it's just that there, there needs to be a place. 
don't have to provide anything, but there is a one-stop shop where yeah. people can get together and know. And it's far easier than having so many, a plethora of other things going on. Because yeah. it will never work. Well, it's, it, I think it's it committing. It too confusing and disjointed. It's about the group committing. Yeah. So if, so if we all... It's actually having a place rather than anything else. Yeah. Can I, just before we go, two comments. The, the discussion, you've raised the issue of title. A lot of the professions, the AHP professions, my own included, have also had these discussions. And the one thing that we came to the conclusion was that um, if you change the title, then some people will have known you in the previous, um, with the previous title and say, oh, well, that's just what used to be. Um, but it's equally as confusing. So it, it might be as well to actually focus on ensuring that people do understand what ODPs are. Um, so we've all had some of those. But, um, but yes, it, it's all, they're really all interesting things, and I think social media will help us mm. as we move forward to, to bring that unity, no matter that you have more than one professional <coughs> body. And a number of the other professions do have more than one professional body. Mm. So it's not, you're not unique in that way. Okay, can I just... Um have a round of applause for Sheila and for Hannah. seen the profession go from OCTs to ODAs to ODPs. I'm very proud to call myself an ODP. Um, I tend to uh, work, and I'm now working pre-assessment, I've worked in intensive care, I've worked in um, transfers of patients, critical care patients, international transfers. Not enough is sort of promoted of what we can or are capable of doing as ODPs. I think that maybe needs to be something we as a, a group address in how much we can do, given the opportunity to do so. But that also, since we need to do that through our management in hospitals and, like we've said, uniting as a group. Is it possible to sort of, where we have these various different websites, <coughs> Facebook pages, all interlink them? Just put each other's links on it so that everybody can see when they go on one or the other, or the other groups? Yeah, so, yes, you can, every, every, group can link to their own group um, it's, it's all about social media is all about activity and participation uh, so uh, CPD for ODP has got 4,000 members uh, but it seems that, that the actual leadership there, the guys who are running it have stepped back so now it's kind of died down and the activity is much less than it was when the guys were leading it um, where uh, Pipcast we would love to have you on the show by the way, you've got a fantastic career we're trying to promote those people. So if you've if you've done something spectacular, we want to know how you did it for our other for our students to say, oh okay, I need to do this course or these extra qualifications in order to do it. And we're trying to promote that uh, as a group. I would love to see us have um, a 
um, one of my dreams when I was a student was to do what's called an out-of-theatre conference where you have people come in who don't work in theatres and they all know how they did it. Um, but in terms of linking those groups together, it's really, it can be done, but it, 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 almost, it almost doesn't matter because, um, or it's really difficult to do because there will, those people will still go on their one group. So the fact that there's a link somewhere on that Facebook page about 15 posts down, people won't really go back to it. You could get a standalone website but people don't go on websites anymore. Having, as someone who's tried to kind of build a, a few different websites, um, we go on Facebook, we go on Twitter. If we can't go on an app on our phone and access it, we don't tend to go to websites anymore. I go to the BBC News website, but I couldn't tell you many others I go to regularly to look up information. Um, I mean, I think the, what you're talking about is an umbrella somewhere where you, someone can go and get access to all of this information. And for me... The obvious one would, would be the college, but that needs someone from the college to sort of take that and uh, bring it all together. But out of interest, I mean, who here is a member of the College of Operating Department Practitioners? And that sort of raises the issue. Do we not need to be members of Unison? Yes. There, there is that, and that, that is a, yeah, it's a shame sort of Hannah's not here for that. But I think ultimately, we've all got to be together, whether that's through the college or... AFPP or, or whatever that is, but without that happening, first and foremost, you're not going to have that, if that makes sense. But So you, you need a, a, a central place, and we all need to be a part of that. And as I say, for me, the, the obvious one is, is the college, but that does mean the uni, unison thing, and without getting too political, that, that might be an issue. Um, but you, yeah, I think we've got to have something which we can join because there are groups on Facebook and, and yeah. all of this which are very, very good. Yeah, I was just going to say, like, how many people here have got word of this through Facebook? Like, is there anybody that's on the Facebook forums for ODPs? Yeah. Because yeah. there's a lot of, lot of interesting sort of stories and experiences from ODPs that are in the profession at the moment that I actually love reading. Yeah. Because uh, I'm only a first-year student and really when you say <coughs> nobody knows much about ODP. I didn't know much about it at all, but I really looked into it and thought, yeah, this is for me because I really, really love surgery and I'm interested in, you know, physical healing. Um, but um, yeah, I think like this gentleman said here, his your career. That's really interesting and inspiring to me as a student because there's not a lot of information out there about where I can take my career. I know that I could be. Um, a physician's assistant, um, I can work in recovery, anaesthetic surgery, but um, uh, even do research and tuition. Mm -hmm. But further than that, what can, what can I go beyond that? So it's nice to hear people's stories. And as a student, I do look on Facebook quite a lot. So we need to celebrate success, but also share our stories somewhere. somewhere. I think as well, one of the one of the main challenges, um, as someone mentioned earlier, is getting managers to change, because I find it so frustrating that there are all these secondment opportunities for nurses, and you look at the job description, it's like, well, I could do yeah. that, yeah. but we can't even apply for it because we're not NMC registered. So we do need to target. The, the sort of higher managers in within the NHS itself and get them to sort of recognise us a bit more and hopefully some of that will come with the move to AHP mm. as well because at least the AHP will also be there fighting our corner um, and then hopefully it's going to be a, 
a long, slow, gradual change, but hopefully, fingers crossed. Mm. Um, and then we'll have these um, extra opportunities for us and that role development. What advice would you give to somebody that I'd say had applied to a role and then told that they can't apply for it because they aren't a nurse? Uh, I would... So if you've looked at the job description, so before you apply for a role, if you, you kind of see it, yeah. there'll be a person-specific description and it will say all the skills and uh, specs you need. If, if it's airway management, if it's um, you know, patient care, if it's advanced sort of clinical practice in terms of the things we do in recovery, um, if it's things like cannulation, which we know we, we, we can do, um, all these, if it meets your profile, apply. If they say no, and the reasons are because you're not a nurse, you go back and you, you can either go with um, uh, a, a union rep, you can go with um, now with the allied health professional officer, and you can say, I meet every single standard that you've asked for, but I have a HCPC registration, not an RCM registration, and that's the only reason you're going to discriminate against my application. Um, that's what I would do. Um, and also ask if, you know, go onto those... Facebook groups and ask, has anyone got, has anyone got this job? How did you get it? Mm. I would also approach the CODP and, and let them know that that's happening mm. because if they don't know that that's happening, they can't do anything about it, essentially. Same with the, the Unison CODP thing that you were talking about. You know, it is a bit of a controversial issue that that happens, but that's where we are at the moment. Um, but the only way we can drive our profession forward is by getting behind them. Um, so I think... I will feed that back to Hannah as to if there is anything that can be done or anything that can be changed because we don't all have to be in unison. And I know there's Amicus and there's lots of other different. Well, we're strong uh, with Unite, which is part of the problem. Unite, yeah. So there's potential, you know, um, I'm sure if we can come up with some solutions for that, then there's potential that more people would join and get behind the profession. Um, yes. Yeah, just on a more slightly more positive slant, um, the trust I work in, we've got ODPs. Uh, working in ED as part of the sepsis team, we've got critical care practitioners in ITU, we've got an ODP who works in our clinical skills team, um, and they train professionals within our organisation, um, and we've just recently had a, a matron's post become available, and that's been advertised so that ODPs can apply for that as well. So there are opportunities out there for any of you students that think that maybe it's a bit limited, um, some trusts are looking a bit more forward than others possibly. <laughs> You're suggesting more placements in other areas. That came up in my workshop, actually, um, and, and skills in sort of on the wards because the nurses come down to theatre, don't they? Um, but the ODPs don't really get onto the wards, so they don't do that side of things. So, yeah, it'd be interesting to see uh, what your opinion is on that in moving into other areas. Mm. Can I just add to that? I work at yeah. University with yeah. an ODP programme. So we do that. We have international placements. We have national placements. And we have placements within different areas within hospitals. As long as you can get a contract signed between wherever it is you want to go and your university, it's very, very doable. We had a student go to Canada last year for a few weeks. Should we have a national, is it, should it be part of the national curriculum though? I think it should be. That, that, that we don't just... Out at the moment, we're going to be looking at it and 
I was going to say, is there anything in the third year for those who are going to a third year ODP which might explore these other avenues? But Karen, you <laughs> Yeah, engage with actually if you want to do this, you need to ask. We don't want you to learn to walk before you run though. Yeah. Yeah. 
that's the thing. I know, as a student, I want to go to all these areas. I don't need that. <laughs> but you say you need to learn your profession first as an ODP in theatres and then progress it out. Um, so I understand where everyone's coming from, but do learn to walk before you run. And even when you've been qualified a few years, you're still learning to walk. Yeah, I think that's important. People do need to recognise the limitations, but I also think one of the best ways of showing people what their limitations is, um, are even, is to expose them to that situation because then they realise how much further they've got to get. And if they don't get that exposure until the third year, they're not getting that chance to think, whoa, I'm not ready, I've got to really look at this and build, you know, almost action plan out where the time's going. So sometimes a little bit of that in first year... <coughs> shows them exactly where they need to be going in terms of development. So one of, one of the one things that I was really fortunate to do whilst I was doing my training, so this is really for the students or any mentors or any, anybody that wants to give some further information, is um, I used to be a support worker on a, ward, on a surgical ward beforehand, but whilst I was doing my training, I managed to um, get on the bank system and then pick up shifts in areas like TAU, I worked in PACU, I even had areas in my pre-op assessment, and it allowed me to widen my personal knowledge of the different areas within the hospital and how our skills can be applied elsewhere and stuff like that. Can I ask the panel that? Why do you think that is potentially happening? So my, so my wife's an obstetrician and she does a great presentation. She talks about the humdrum. So when you look at career, you, think, uh, you always think of what is the most fantastic thing you're going to do in that job. So as an ODP, you may help save a life with a niece test right there. Right, Craig, I need you, I need you, I need you. God, you put the tube in. Oh, right, oh, God, yeah, yeah, oh, God. I, I never, you, know. Uh, uh, you know, and that's your, your dream fantasy kind of thing. Um, Brian's Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? That, that kind of <laughs> for that kind of like life-threatening situation, you really help out, and that's it. What you don't think about is the ASA one, ten patient, LMA or airway holding list that you just get through every day. That kind of humdrum. Um, but, but they make impact on that but, individual but, patient. <laughs> but in that respect, I, I was on holiday. Uh, I've got friends who do office jobs and all that. And when they go on holiday, they come back to the office, they check their emails, they probably catch up uh, with what's been going on. 
I came back from holiday and I was sitting and there was a 10-year-old patient with an LMA in and I had to look after that child's airway. Now, it was a very simple operation they had had. It was a very simple recovery. <coughs> but I had that kind of pause and thinking, this isn't normal. Like, this isn't a normal thing to come back from a holiday for most people. And that, that kind of, we kind of lose focus of the fact that our job is awesome. Like, it is truly cool to look after. <laughs> yeah, and, and you're right. They're, they're, but, and the, the, the areas that people really want to go into is kind of, is, is kind of that heightened part of that role. So, you know, resus. We want to go into resus because that's our extreme anaesthetic bit. We want to become uh, surgical care practitioners because we want to, uh, you know, uh, go into the kind of extreme levels of, of surgery by helping out, assisting more, doing stuff like that. Um, that does need to be looked at, and I think more trusts are looking at advanced roles. It's partly why we've got the um, physicians associates because we were. We had really keen people, and we had really not many anaesthetists that wanted to come through, and so we developed this role that came through, and then more anaesthetists wanted to come, so they kind of shut down the role, which is why we've only got 140-odd. Um, so, yeah, but, it's, but all in all, when I know it's wonderful to think about doing those extra roles, but just think, you know, look back. When you're next on shift, when you're next, just and you're thinking, God, I'm really bored, I just want to go on my phone, just think, what would your friends who are working in offices be doing right now? And also, what have you just done for that patient yeah. that you know has made their journey just that little bit better? Because you had Angela McPhee on. Yeah, Angela McPhee came uh, on. on your podcast, and she said uh, you asked her what was the best day that she'd had as a career as an OBP, and I think she'd be qualified six years or something. Yeah. And she said it was the day that patient came back for the third time and said, "I was hoping it was you that was going to look after me." And you know, it just makes it all worthwhile, doesn't it? Really. So, fab. Um, I'm going to tie it up, okay, and um, just looking on here, it says celebrating success down at the bottom here. Uh, every day, OBs are truly amazing and let's celebrate profession. Um, a bit of a project to promote uh, the growing movement of ODPs, and I think that kind of sums up where we've got to. Uh, I'm sure we could carry on uh, speaking about the profession and uh, carry on with the panel debate, but we do need to go to the workshops and you need to get another coffee. So that was the panel. I uh, hope you all enjoyed it. I know I certainly did. I was very honoured to be asked to be on the panel. Um, I thought there was some really interesting discussion that went on. Um, and as it just shows that the ODP pr profession for me is, is healthy, it's alive. Um, and actually with more of these kind of conferences, it will only get stronger. We then had another set of workshops. I went to uh, see a talk by Brian Collins, who was on the panel, Physicians Associate in Anesthesia. He uh, had a very interesting talk about how he came into it. It's a role that's not necessarily uh, countrywide, um, but he was telling me about the the. the the pitfalls of, of him doing the job and how where from afar uh, from the comfort of being an ODP you you think you could make the decisions but when it comes to making those decisions and you've got everything to take into account how difficult it can actually be um, so that was quite interesting to kind of take uh, perspective of of what that job actually entails in terms of the advanced clinical practice and decision making you might have to make um, 
I then went on to, to a talk about simulation. It was very good. We had some demonstrations of chem uh, communication and what can go wrong um, in terms of closed loop communication. Uh, that was very interesting. And then to round up, we had a closing talk in the seminar room again um, by Helen Lowe's. They had a Wordle for the day, which include things like uh, you know, care, leadership, uh, PIPcast was on there, which is good to see, as well as Allied Health Professional, uh, which we now are. Uh, and uh, thoughts from, uh, final words from Helen Lowe's were, you know, be bold, be proud and challenge yourself. And this whole uh, conference was about kind of promoting the ODP profession, being proud of our profession, not uh, when someone asks what an ODP is, actually don't give them the easy answer, as Tony Jeremy was talking about, um, actually tell them what we do take the time to do it and maybe that's something we need to do uh, as a group we need to come up with something where it's a hashtag or whatever um, to kind of promote ourselves as ODPs um, after the conference had finished I actually managed to have a little sit down and chat with the students who had been involved in the organizing of the conference uh, we're gonna to listen to that piece now uh, and then we'll finish up Thanks. So we're here after the conference with the uh, Sheffield Hallam students. Hello, guys. Hi. Um, and you guys were helping organise the conference, is that right? So should we go around and say who you are and what year you are? Just start. <laughs> right, I'm Trevor, second year ODP student. Fantastic. I'm Emily, I'm first year ODP student. I'm Georgina, I'm a first year ODP student. Becky, first year ODP student. Sally, first year ODP student. Oh, I'm very mature first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Lindsay, second year ODP student. All right, guys, so what, what, what brought you to coming to organise this conference? What, what, what brought you guys together to do it? Sally. <laughs> <laughs> Sally. <laughs> I think Sally needs a bit of credit um, here. I'm a student rep, so... Yeah. Um, got involved, I was speaking to Helen and Victoria about it, um, where they wanted some student input into it. Yep. Um, so, yeah, attended some meetings and got sort of like some information as to what was going on, um, and then sort of got the rest of the students to try and get a bit more involved and, and the fantastic. student aspect. It's been, so it's been a brilliant day, like it fantastic. Has, definitely. I can't imagine how difficult it was to coordinate, even with, such a, <laughs> even with such a team. So what have been the biggest challenges for you guys, uh, I suppose, doing studying? So you must have just finished your second year, first year exams, and you still have to organise all this as well. So yeah. what have been the biggest challenges for you guys? I think it's been between placement and assignments, and then knowing that you've got to try and get this sorted, having emails off lecturers to say oh by the way this is happening and then this is happening and yeah. we need to do this and are you coming and are you helping yeah. and what size scrub top do you need <laughs> 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 and everything like that and then you know they're slightly panicking and we're trying not to panic and but it's been it's been really interesting and very good and I think we've we've pulled it off I think quite it's well gone quite smoothly yeah. I think it's yeah. gone I think, yeah, kind of it has to be given to, to Helen and Victoria yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 I know next year they want to sort of like um give more of a rein to students okay. to, yeah. um, to help organise it. a bit less so, organised yeah. next year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I suppose you guys will be doing finals. Some of you will be doing your final, or just finished your yeah, final so exams we'll and have, looking for we'll jobs. Have, yeah, we'll be just about qualifying um, and we'll probably be panicking about well, everything that comes with that. 
and getting registered and, and everything. But so I think we'll be okay. We'll, we want to try and get more students involved if we yeah. can and try and get a society together so that we can come in line with all the other societies that all the other professions have yeah. in every way. So right from university all the way through, that actually we are better than anyone else. No, as good, yeah. as, as, good as anyone else. Absolutely. So I tried to set up a society at Cardiff, uh, which I managed to get the name like ODP Society together mm. that was as far as I could That's get yes. uh, and I handed it over to the second to the second the, well the first years at the time um, and I think they did a bit more with it and they had an ODP ball and stuff but yeah. it's that, it's such a challenging thing to do yeah. but um, it's brilliant to see that you guys are doing it obviously Sheffield are quite a good university for promoting students and yeah. student participation really yeah um, what has been your favourite bit about today or organising bits of today or what's been your favourite talk from today so far I think. About the don't worry, I, I can I can edit a different version. <laughs> <for each laughs> yes. Yeah, I think it was practice. Um, yeah, and it was also interesting listening to Hannah Abbott as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think it was quite um, eye-opening as well to sort of see where where it is going, where the profession yeah. is going, and yeah, it's it, it's sort of like. I see that she has a real passion and yeah. sort of maybe a different approach than other people have had in the past and yeah. getting getting our profession known and out there and I think she has quite a lot of um, maybe a lot of beliefs in, in us as yeah. students yeah. And, and current ODPs yeah. that yeah. we're going to take this career Have any of you had any experience with a CODP before? Have you met any of them? Or no. Even no. Any? No. no. That's the experience I had and I thought she came across brilliant yeah. Uh, yeah. I didn't know what to expect when I saw she was on the on the on the on the ticket um, and I think she came across very well that kind yeah. of very yeah. enthusiastic very much wanted to bring as many people very in open, as she could yeah. very yeah. open yeah um, so hopefully that'll bring the profession forward so that'd be fantastic and so for next year do you, any of you have something you would like to see next year Oh, okay. Yeah, I think that'll be farm. interesting. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. We've, you know, we've been very good with the um, with the AHP and the CMP and everything like that. But I think to have a general NHS yep. um, or managers or input would be very good for us to see that actually, you know, they are interested. It's not just we see it all the time with the recruitment drives and it's yep. we want nurses and midwives. Well, that's brilliant, but they can't do everything. You have other professions that can do, and I'm just putting, not just us, but anyone that's under the Ireland Health Profession banner. Mm. You know, you, if you're recruiting, you're recruiting for everybody. Okay. So I think, I think that would be yeah. interesting to see. The problem with I've ever been an ODP sometimes is you looking for a bit of recognition. Yeah. For your profession, sort of thing. So it was. I think that's why today was so nice because you got that mm. feeling. Yeah. Where it's <laughs> like yeah. outside, yeah, outside yeah, of it, yeah. no one has a clue what you do. But part of that is you guys have helped fight for that recognition, yeah. haven't you? That's mm. that was the whole point of today, and that's what we need to do as a profession. We need to come up with a campaign or a hashtag or whatever it is that says, you know, that hello, my name is is world renowned. Why can't we have the thirteen thousand ODPs saying? Yeah. I'm an ODP. Yeah, that is. I think it will be a bit interesting next year. So we're new to to the HP. I think yeah. it will be interesting next year to see how we've advanced from yeah. over the months. year and, yeah. and see sort of like you know where we are and how recognised we are yeah. within that yeah. group. Mm. 
Brilliant. So that was the students' take from the uh, ODP conference. I would just like to thank all the students involved in setting up the conference, uh, Helen Lowe's and Victoria Cadman, who were the organisers, uh, as well as all the speakers. It has been a fantastic conference. I've really enjoyed it. Um, there is a provisional date for the next conference, which is the 4th of July, 2018. Please follow uh, ODP Shoe on Twitter, uh, follow Pipcast on Twitter, and we'll keep giving you details about that. Also, if you'd like to get in contact with Helen Lowes, who's one of the organisers, uh, you can email her at r.lowes, that's r.l-o-w-e-s at shu.ac.uk. I also have to apologise for the repeated mispronunciation of the college as COPD. I do apologise, it just seemed to roll off the tongue quicker. Um, I'm sure I'm not the only one that's ever made that mistake. I'm very sorry this was a very Sans Justin episode. I know everyone will miss his dulcet tones. I promise you he will be back for the next episode. It just so happens that due to scheduling, uh, I was the only one that was kind of free to do this solo. If you want to get in touch uh, to talk about anything you've heard on the show or you want to get in touch to promote your conference, your course, anything your students are doing, anything you're doing, Please get in contact with us. The contact details are as follows. You can get in contact with us on Twitter, which is at ODP Pipcast. You can search for us on Facebook, which is Pipcast. Or you can get in touch with us on Skype and leave a voicemail. Or alternatively, you can email us, and both of that is the same address, which is odppipcast at gmail.com. And guys, we couldn't have done this without your support, and everything Pipcast do is very audience-driven. Please, please, please uh, like us, share us, comment uh, show us to your friends and don't forget to subscribe on whatever podcasting platform you subscribe to whether it be iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, whatever. We'll be back with another episode of Pipcast in a couple of weeks and I will leave you with the SHU ODP students. is Pitcast.